What's up, everyone? Kevin Wagstaff here, one of the owners and founders of Spectora. You're listening to Spectora Spotlight. I apologize for the couple week hiatus here. With the holidays and the new year, I had a heck of a time uh, coordinating schedules to get guests on. So we have a big backlog that we're going to be getting out over the next couple weeks um, with some great interviews and some great guests lined up. Um, But today we have Twight Wickman from Dream Protection Home Inspections down in Florida. Just an amazing interview. Um, He is just such an open-minded, forward-looking inspector, multi-inspector company. Um, I think he just has such a refreshing mindset that I think everyone out there will enjoy. He has such a passion and energy for just improving and having a good work-life balance. Um, And he's always looking to connect with other like-minded individuals. So definitely feel free to reach out to him. I'll put his contact info and website in the description. Uh, But just a great interview, high energy, and uh, a lot of good knowledge coming out of this. Um, So definitely let me know what you think and hope you enjoy the interview. All right. Now that we're caffeinated, man, how's everything going? It's going good. It's been been fun to come back from the conference and start to kind of you know, implement some new stuff, I suppose. Was, uh, was the weather the same there as it was in San Diego? So did you come back and it was pretty, you know, it's funny <laughs> that you say that when I was at the airport, I looked at my wife cause I, you know, I brought her out with me for San Diego and I was like, you know, the only good thing about leaving San Diego in January is that we're going to South Florida. And uh, we both, we both took some satisfaction in that. <laughs> I figured because we came back to a snowstorm and I know some others that went back to the Midwest and Northeast. And it just, oh man, that's yeah. I, you know, it's crazy. It's like um, not to solicit Florida for anybody, you know, cause we don't, we don't need your competition, but uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we say, uh, you know, it's, it's hot down here in the summer. And, uh, you know, we get complaining a little bit in, you know, August and September. And there's probably about a 15 degree swing when we're complaining. And our poor fellows up in Minnesota, where I'm from, um, we have about a 100 degree swing right now from them to us. So there'll be no <laughs> more complaining come summers. <laughs> I, I just talked to a gentleman named Ross. Um, I'm sure you'll get to know him. I think he's an IEB guy. Um, yep. He's in Chicago and he said... Yesterday, the temperature was negative something crazy, but then on the weather app, it tells you what it feels like, and I think it yeah. felt like negative 46. Yeah, the wind chill. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, I, uh, when I was living in Minnesota, I had an aha moment when I was going to college, and I got a flat tire, and I had, it was on that negative 40 day you know, <laughs> with the wind chill. And uh, I had been in school and I was out in Hawaii for a while before I went back to Minnesota. And I was like, this just doesn't make sense for me anymore. You know? So glad I made that decision early on. Love Minnesota, but you know, not so much the weather. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess Colorado is just nice enough to not have any of those aha moments, but there's like 10 days a year where I'm shoveling snow and it's like, gosh, I got it. Oh yeah. But well, Hey, I'll tell you this going from Minnesota when I moved to Colorado, I was waiting for palm trees to pop up in my backyard. So it's, it's all perspective. It's all perspective. You've been everywhere, which I want to get into. Um, yeah. You'll have to excuse me, everybody. I'm coming back from a sickness from flying back from San Diego. Um, so I'll be clearing my throat throughout all this. But anyway, let's talk conference. Um, what were your general impressions? How did it go for you? Um, what did you take away? Yeah. You know um, it was, it was good. I was real happy with it. I think this year, um, 
you know, I kind of focused a little bit more to be honest with you, like on some of the networking and a lot of, um, a lot of uh, more tinkering with the business than some of the education lines. And, um, you know, I would say, to be honest with you, I think my big takeaway, you know, was, was really um, strategic in, in, the, in the business side of where I am, where I want to go and trying to get some compass and how to get there. So um, there were some great people there this year. Um, it was so fun to network with uh, Spectorians out there and just be able to speak the language um, with other people. And um, so, you know, I think, um, I think a lot of the business side was the, was the takeaway as far as the management. No, and I love that because you're, you're clearly at that level, which we'll get into. We'll give everyone your background and kind of what the company's, where the company's at. But um, there's certain inspectors that will come around and that, that, come to the booth that are just looking for kind of that higher level conversation. Um, you know, and we can talk about IEB in a bit as well, but um, I'm glad you connected with some others and you just seemed like a kid in a candy shop. So it's like for anyone that doesn't know Twite, he, you just made the most of it. It seems like you were, had a big fat smile on your face the whole time you were walking around, shaking hands, asking questions (laughs) like, yeah. For anyone, Mm-hmm. For anyone that does, hasn't been to a conference or is going to, I think that's how you have to approach it to get the most out of it is just have your antennas up the whole time and talk to everyone you can. Yeah, I think, you know, I think the one of the takeaway ideas, you know, that I, that I got was just the reality of um, in the magnitude of intelligence. Um, most of the intelligence that is out there is is a level of intelligence that I don't have possessed or even know I don't have. And it's just so fun to just open up your horizons to all the people that are there and just seeing their perspectives and seeing what they're doing and just kind of taking a new look at how you're doing things and being like, wow, you know, that's just a new fresh approach. And you know, the classroom stuff is great. I've often, I've completely, taking advantage of that, but you're right. The people, um, you know, the vendors, um, it was just so refreshing to, you know, be refreshed by new ideas and stuff. So you're, you're totally right. I think our industry is just beginning that kind of, I guess, progression. Cause I think we need it because when we got into this industry, we did see a lot of groupthink and a lot of, Oh, that's what my competitors do. I have to do that too. Instead of saying, okay, how can I do that? But do something better and different. And so I love, Mm-hmm. I'm hearing you talk about this because this is refreshing to me to hear guys that are saying, all right, let me elevate my thinking and get around people yeah. and things differently. Well, you know what I've seen in the 14 or 13 years um, when I first got in it, you know, um, I was much younger than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here's, there's, I feel like there's, there's two kind of um, merging um, approaches to our industry and the original was all of these builders, contractors, construction people coming in with so much intimidating knowledge from my perspective, um, Mm -hmm. because they are, they're just a wealth of um, information. And and you see those guys in the classrooms and they, they bring so much to us, but the, the new emerging trend that I'm seeing within the infiltration within our industry is more, instead of like just the um, information um, or the, the, uh, I guess just the, um, 
the intelligence, yeah, the technical intelligence, we're finding more of a technical intelligence merging with a practical intelligence, You're getting a kind of a new hybrid. And you see that, to be honest with you, and I'm, I'm talking to the choir, we all see that within what you guys have brought. All the other products out there have been there for so long, and it's been very, you know, we're just, it's just exciting to see a new, fresh wave of ideas coming into our industry to help us run our businesses. And somehow, for the older generation to merge with the technical progression, and for us technical, and I, I really should falsely say I'm a real techie guy, because I'm not, but I like what I see in the industry and what's coming. But for that other generation to then merge and be able to pick the brains of these guys that are just full of knowledge, um, that's kind of what I, I saw a lot at this conference more so than others where I'm just seeing, I'm seeing the two sectors kind of come into these conferences and I'm seeing the new vendors that bring both. And it's exciting to see, um, like the IEB and the Spectora and a lot of new stuff coming, the ISNs and the, the exciting stuff that's been, you know, helping our industry. I completely agree. I think it pushes everybody on all levels. And I think the old guard, I guess, quote unquote, um, it forces them to think more practically, more feature looking, more tech savvy. Mm -hmm. it, it just pushes everyone to adapt because I guess like any business, it's adapt or die, right? Yeah, it is. It is. And, um, you know, I think there's, there's a sector that are going to ride out what they have and it's kind of they're not thinking 10 years or five years down the road at this point. So they're going to ride it out. But I think for the larger, you know, 80% sector, it's, it's exactly that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's back up real quick and just tell everyone who you are. Cause obviously we know each other, but let's tell everyone who you are, where you're from and what your business is and what you guys offer. Yeah. Uh, my name again, is Dwight Wickman. It's like Dwight with a T. Um, I always tell my clients, I don't care what you call me as long as you call me. So, um, but, uh, I, I'm originally from Minneapolis, um, Minnesota and, um, currently for the last 13 years have lived down here in Southwest Florida. Um, so down here in Fort Myers, Naples area and, um, started, the started my home inspection company, um, you know, 13 years ago. And, um, you know, for, for me, probably like many of you guys out there listening, um, you just saw, you know, the ceiling, saw the dead end, saw just, you know, untapped potential and just decided to kind of, you know, move from that employment status to, you know, kind of creating your own employment, I, I guess. And, uh, and that's what led me into the industry. Absolutely. And you're down in Florida, which for those that don't know, we talked about this, I think on one previous episode, but that's the land of the plenty as we call it. So it's a different kind of market than the rest of the country from what you gather, right? Or from what you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, yeah, I, I guess it, it is and I'm thankful for it. Um, and, uh, you know, I just feel like, you know, it's important for us as, as inspectors to, to not only look at the home inspections, but look at, the diversification of whatever our market has, um, whether it be in the radon like Colorado and the mold and, but really trying to diversify ourselves. But I'm thankful that we do have um, a lot of opportunity with that diversification here. Yeah. And do you feel there's higher turn turnaround or turnover in on average in Florida in terms of um, just average home buyers as far as inspectors or what? Yeah, home buyers just at the the sales volume turnover. Do you feel like? Yeah, yeah we definitely, 
you know, um, we definitely have a lot of rooftops changing names often, um, which obviously stimulates what we do. So, um, you know, that was kind of a um, blind squirrel kind of getting the nut when I moved down here on that, (laughs) not realizing that, but um, it is, it is good for us in that sense. Yeah. So that many years in the business, what, what have you learned? What are some of the big things that jump out when I ask you what, what have you adapted and changed or what's uh, kind of been your calling card for your company over the years? Yeah. Well, I think the, the calling card for the company is kind of remain the same. I, um, my, my approach, um, has definitely been a high relational, um, high referral, not getting a lot of my referrals from the internet as much as just, you know, the realtors, which, you know, might be common to a lot of people. Um, you know, I, I really feel the takeaway over the last 13 years is that we don't have to, though some of us may, but I didn't feel like I had to create or define or invent success. Um, my motto has always been, if I just make everybody I serve more successful, that I'm just going to ride in a wake and success is going to be the byproduct of just making everybody I get to be a part of more successful. And, and that model is kind of, you know, worked as far as just the long-term retention relationships, building a relational kind of inspection company. And, um, there's a lot of things I would maybe do different, um, because of lacking foresight. Um, but the, as far as the calling card, I would say that's, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Any, anything in specific that, in those early stages, say, because um, I want to get into how you grew and that decision to hire that first guy, because I think that's always fascinating to say, yeah. what was that internal dialogue like? Um, but what would you do? What are, what are, what's one thing that you would do differently if you could do it all over again? Well, I can answer that, I think, pretty clearly. And if I were a new inspector, or if I were a two, three years in, this is, this is what I would take to the bank. And um, this would be like, the advice I would give to a best friend <laughs> um, is uh, it's a lot of times we don't have clarity when we first enter the business because a lot of times we're coming from a job and we don't like the job um, or we're not satisfied with the potential of that job and we feel like we have greater potential on our own. And so we start a, we see home inspections as a vehicle for that and we jump into that and we morph and we're just hoping to be able to, um, at first we're just hoping to be able to kind of at least make the same money we're making at our job, but self-employed. And that's our identity. That's probably our definition of success early on. And, and then we get there and, and, um, and we're happy about that, but we start working ourselves to the bone and we are realizing that our potential is, is, is limited to the time that we have to invest in what we do. And parts of our life are suffering because we're so busy doing what we do and trying to maintain that, that I think our definition of success again changes and we're starting to realize I value other things too, like my time and being with the kids and and vacation or whatever we're going to do. And, and that's when, that's when we as inspectors start thinking, well, okay, we got to bring somebody on. And for me, it's the, here's, here's what brought me to the tipping point of how did I know it was time to bring somebody on? And this is not the one I would suggest. This is just the one that I came across is I was willing to do something different 
rather than work as hard as I was. And so the threshold of, of fear was I felt in a sense by hiring, bringing somebody on, I felt like as I was starting a, a business all over again, because now I was having to support somebody else. And I, I felt like that nerve wracking aspect of like, I'm bringing on this overhead and now I got to perform at a level again that almost brought me back to square one. But I came to a realization where I wasn't willing to live like this. And I'm always thankful for this, for the initial threshold of success, but now success looks different to me. And that's when I knew it was time to bring somebody on. And, um, and that was kind of a, um, I've got four full-time guys and then myself. So I'm kind of a, just a middle size, you know, guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was kind of um, a circular motion with that kind of, um, it would free me up a little bit, but then we got busy again. And I was the rubber band that had to flex and bend and oversee and, and stuff like that. But I made a little bit more money and, um, and I just kind of, you know, brought on another guy and went through the same cycle, brought on another guy and went through the same cycle, brought on another guy. And it got to, um, it got to a place where I really, for the last four years, I've realized I am not, I, I can't just be self-employed. I have to be a CEO. I have to run a business and I can't just keep re, I can't just keep recirculating the same problems. And, um, the biggest problem for me was the roadmap and how do you do that? And, um, I'm definitely getting there, but that's where a lot of the conversation with, um, I know we're going to talk at some point about IEB, but, and just talking with other guys and the value of, um, watching other people's experiences and how they achieved it. It's just crucial because when we're so focused on our business, that we don't see all the other um, simulators of people's experiences and how they got there. Um, you know, I, I kind of, sometimes I feel like if I were visually impaired, I've been walking around with a stick instead of a service dog and kind of smacking things around, finding my way. I'll, I'm going to get there, but I could have got there better, you know, without so much, uh, I could have got there quicker. I could have, if I would have had somebody helping me with a foresight, of where I needed to go and how I could do that. And those tools in our industry are just crucial. I, it, exactly. And let's get into IEB. But I, I agree with you in that. I, I guess I underestimated how isolating of a business this is, where, like you said, you're head down, you're doing two a day, three a day, however, and you don't look up for a year or two. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, your relationships, your time, your health, definitely yeah. also hurt. That's just like a given. Um, right. And that's with any entrepreneurial venture. And so, um, yeah, tell us what the, how the connection happened with IEB um, and kind of, what, kind of what you're excited about looking forward. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll preface it with the fact that um, there's not one book, you know, written to, to fix anybody's life or to fix anybody's business or not one person's perspective. <laughs> so this is just different goals. Um, the one thing I'll say before I answer that question is that we have to have a realization that again, that success looks different during different seasons of our life, during different seasons of our business. And I feel like the roadmap to help us go, you know, journey that the best way possible is to try to early on identify 
what those future seasons are going to look like and what success looks like in those different seasons so we can build an infrastructure that takes us down that road, you know, um, to succeed instead of kind of hitting, hitting walls and then trying to figure out how to get over the next wall, hitting a wall, trying to get over the next wall. So um, I just had been done, you know, been doing a, a good bit of just research. I've, you know, I, I try to stay involved with a lot of, you know, with associations and, um, I feel like the one thing that has lacked, and this is just for me, there hasn't been a, um, a uh, coaching or mentoring or um, a business education model um, that facilitates home inspectors. That's in the archives. As we talked about earlier, you know, where the technology and there's just a fresh wave of some new approaches to things coming into our industry um, I came across IEB and literally it's, it was just through a Facebook post of some sort through one of the Facebook, who knows, you know, where I came across it. It could have even been through Spector. I don't know, but, um, and I watched it and, um, it resonated with me. Um, the approach was way different and way more, um, fitting my vision, my philosophy, um, like the culture of the business and what I was doing and um and then i saw that they were offering a um you know a, a half day lecture before the ashy conference and i attended and you know have you ever been in a classroom or been with somebody and they're talking and your jaw is just dropping because you know you swear they're a prophet because everything that they're saying <laughs> you're just like dang it why where has this been you know <laughs> yep. um, that's what it was for me and it's it was because it was, it was a, it was a much more holistic approach. First of all, it was just, uh, it was a guy who ran a home inspection business, just like me. And he wasn't arrogant. He wasn't full of himself. He was just like, you know, describing what, you know, bringing about what his frustrations is, all the hurdles that he came across and how he did it. And then he linked up with, um, one of the most, more successful realtors in the country with Keller Williams. And, you know, I had an impression at first of what that might look like. And it was opposite. It was just, um, a real guy talking about not only our businesses, but our lives. Because for me, um, there are people who is their businesses, their life. And, um, that's just not what I want. I want, I've got four kids. I've got a family. I've got hobbies. I've got a great state that I live in. There's a lot of things I want to do, but working hard is one of them, but working smart, is crucial for me, you know, and, um, anyway, what they brought to the table during that four hour meeting made me buy a ticket to go to Houston, um, two weeks later. So I'm going out there this next Thursday, I'm just hanging out there Thursday, Friday. And I just, I, I joined, um, it was my biggest takeaway. Um, I haven't been fully engaged with them, but a lot of their online stuff I'm already going through. Um, and it's just, it's powerful. It's just, it's exactly what I needed. And I know there's a lot of people out there that don't know that they need it, but when they see it, they're going to realize later, dang, I needed that. And, um, I'm not, I'm not getting commission. I'm just saying we need help as home inspectors in understanding the business side. Cause we're not just home inspectors. We're business owners. And, and we, uh, there's two currencies, there's money and there's time and you can't get your time back. Um, and that's the one I value the most, but I definitely want some currency in the greenbacks as well. So <laughs> well said, well said. 
But uh, so anyway, I, I just encourage guys to to have clarity, have a vision, have a plan. Because I went a long time just morphing into the different seasons of my business, and I'm okay with it. I'm thankful for it. But I could have I could have done it quicker. I could have done it better. And I'm not complaining, but I'm thankful for where I'm at. But so well, like you couldn't have said that better. So there's a couple of things to dive into here. Um, valuing your time. I think that to me, just talking to inspectors day in and day out, there is this perception or this, I think it's American culture to say, oh, I just need to throw myself into my business 200% and neglect everything else in my life because that's, that's great and it's sexy and people, we think people want to hear that. And then- right probably like Greg said in his talk, your health deteriorates, your mental state deteriorates. And so mm -hmm. I think smart businessmen value time and money. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And I think you said that very well of like, Hey, I have hobbies. I have a life and that's okay. <laughs> and you know, right. it doesn't make you less of a businessman. And I think that's what like home inspectors sometimes struggle to understand. Right. No, I think it is too. And you know, um, a lot of people listening are going to, I mean, I see this, all the time um, and I struggled with it. It was one of the thresholds that struggled from, you know, made me struggle in, in adapting was as home inspectors, you know, there's a level of liability we carry. And, um, and with that, there's two things we, you know, in, in the early phases of building a business, you know, we build those personal relationships with those realtors and, um, and we're convinced that without us, that it's possible that our business may not exist. And, um, and it's, a, it's a sacrifice to come to the place where you're willing to risk it. But I can tell you this, that too many of us think too highly of ourselves. <laughs> and we lose out on a lot of those things that we were just talking about because we're not willing to set up a good system. We're not willing to coach people well, to, to hire well, to create that system that is going to help support us. But, um, you know, you just have to hire like you marry, right? Just, uh, just a little bit better than you, you know? And, um, and I, you know, thankfully I've been able to do that. Not every hire has been perfect, but right now I've got a, I've got a dream team right now. Um, and I can tell you I'm becoming less and less valuable to my business. And that makes me really happy. Yes. And it's such the opposite mentality. It's such an exercise in humility um, to become a leader. And so obviously as Spector has grown, Mike and myself have been listening to all of these leadership and management blogs and or podcasts and reading blogs and doing the same things you're doing, which is is so cool to hear that you connected with the IEB guys and full disclosure to everybody. We, neither of us have a, an affiliation or anything set up with them. I just, they bring an energy that attracts people. And so I was so excited to, to see you yeah. basically just get attracted to that and float over there naturally. Yeah. You know, you just, when something, you know, the, 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 I think one of the false things of this industry is, you know, is there is, really our competition is just ourselves. It really is because there's a piece of the pie that we all get to eat from, but you can cut yourself as big of a piece as you want. Somebody's going to get a smaller piece down the road, but if you run a good business, that's just how it works. Right. Um, thank God we live in a capitalist entrepreneurial society, but you know, the reality is, um, you know, 
you just can't help but get excited and promote something that has impacted your life and your business. And I have no, no fear in, in trying to relay that to other people because it's just, um, it's just Spectora. You talk to my guys, it's changed them. This IEB, I can feel it changing me already and for the business in so many good ways. And so it's just hard not to shake a pom-pom here and there when something excites you that much, you know? Because it's fresh, it's new, it's good energy. And I agree, like any product or service I use or experience day to day, when it impacts you like that, you have to talk about it. And, um, yeah. and the good news is, Twice, like half the people listening will write it off and, and think like, oh, it's not for me or it's too expensive or this or that. And then the other half, it'll really resonate with and it'll impact their life, which is just cool. It's the whole point of us, you know, doing this and just. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we can circle back to some of that stuff, but um, let's talk Fabi for a second because that's, they're, they're an interesting association because they are, um, you know, they're just a state association basically. Right. And they, um, you know, we'll be going to our first conference here, uh, next month. Awesome. They have four a year. That's more than the other big associations combined. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Talk to me a little bit about your experience with Fabi and, um, you know, kind of what you, what you gave. Yeah. I I kind of morphed to Fabi because the ashy chapters near us kind of, fizzled a little bit and so there wasn't much support and there was a lot of state relevant you know information and I right. you know attended the conference and kept plugged into it um and keep in mind not every inspector goes to all four conferences but it's really nice because they have them set up all over the state so you know we usually hit a couple a year you know so you'll um, be in Tampa yeah what's that you'll be in the you'll be in Tampa next month um, I believe it's in Orlando, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe it is in Tampa. I need to double check, <laughs> but I'm going to be at that conference. Yes. Okay. It is Tampa. Uh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, we'll be there. We'll be there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to have you there. Um, so, but yeah, it's, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm uh, a big fan of it. Just, um, you know, I know all of us, regardless of what states we're in, there's just so much local relevance to what we do. And, you know, I encourage us, you know, sometimes we invest in things that don't always necessarily have an immediate financial return, but, um, you know, plugging into that stuff, it's a part of that growth, the part of that, um, you know, a lot of times we're thinking of these things as just the technical, you know, I've been there, I've done that, I've been to that class, I've talked about electric panels a thousand times, and, but it's a lot of times it's just the stuff that happens when you're hanging out with other guys doing what you're doing and gals, doing what you're doing, um, that just kind of moves you into new directions that you weren't really seeing before. But yeah, Fabi has been a, um, a real great part of my business and, um, you know, definitely looking forward to seeing you guys up there in March. Yeah. And let's talk about your specific approach to conferences. Cause I want to dig into this cause I, I went to SEO conferences <clears throat> back when I worked at home advisor and I got so much value out of them the more I put myself out there and got out of my comfort zone and just walked up and shook someone's hand. And so I, I think there, I see, cause I've, I've observed a lot of conferences now at this point to where I think too many, like there's like, if you're a new inspector or don't necessarily have a network, just get out there and start talking to people. Yeah, because, it helps. You know, I, I laugh at the story of you, you know, yanking Warwick out of a session to come over and chat with us. And He's yeah. going down the path of potentially changing his life and changing his time spent on reports. And like, t- 
to yeah. me, that was impactful, whether he found us or not with, you know, no matter what he did, but that's because of a relationship. Right. So like, yeah, speak a little bit to. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, those conferences are great for education. When I was early on, that's really what they were for me is education. But um, it doesn't take long to realize, you know, that, I mean, I'll tell you, I sat with a, a guy that had been doing home inspections for only like a year and a half with Spectora. Um, I, you introduced me to this gentleman from Oregon and um, maybe it's been two years. I'm not sure. But, you know, you sit down and you talk to these guys and I've been doing it, like I said, for 13 years. And he's talking about stuff that I just, I don't do and things that are just like, huh, that's a great perspective. He sent me an email with um, some sewer scoping stuff that he did. And you know, he's, he's newer in the industry and, and there's so much that, you know, that just brings to me. And it's um, another gentleman from Lancaster that's not been in the industry too long. And we've been just kind of internet working and talking. Um, and um, there's just, I can't tell you how much value it is. You know, sometimes when you um, have been in the industry for a long time, you just get a little bit crusty in your ways. And um, it's just so, if you can just put that book on the shelf as IEB kind of, you know, they, they mentioned that, ex, that example for me when I sat in that class, just put everything you know on the shelf and just listen, just open up your mind. And when you talk to people at these conferences, when you inter-network within your local jurisdictions with other home inspectors and things like that, and you just don't come with who you are and what you do, but you just kind of explore together. There's so much power in that, you know, it's changed. It's that's, that's the, you know, as I said earlier, the Ashley conference, that's what it was for me. Um, I great teachers, great things going on. Um, but ultimately at the end of the day, just being able to encourage other buddies, um, be encouraged by others, um, get fresh ideas, come home, look at how I'm going to implement that stuff, how I'm going to better my business. Um, I can learn how to be a better home inspector in probably a lot of the classes, but I can learn how to be a better business owner, just networking and talking and going through stuff with guys. And for those listening that aren't as, um, cause I guess I know part of who you are obviously is your upbringing and your experiences and you are a natural networker and, um, you know, social butterfly for lack of a better social term. butterfly, right? But two others, two others where it doesn't, um, everyone's in the same boat at conferences. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, the more you do it, the more natural you feel and the more you gain from it and it gets addicting. So I would say to the ones where it doesn't come natural, everyone right. just walk up and shake someone's hand and ask and listen. And I think our industry isn't historically great at listening where our, our industry is pretty good at, um, like you said, talking about how great we are. And so I right. think by listening, we just learn, you know, right. and, well, we even, love we, podcast. I just get to listen. Yeah. A lot of times we even write our reports like that too, you know, which is a mistake, you know, <laughs> we're just like, we can't wait to call it out or we can't wait to show them what we found or, you know, and the reality is maybe what we should be mentioning is like, Hey, did you notice that this roof is only four years old? And so your HVAC system is on its last leg, you know, but I think that's how that, you know, you give a cookie with the medicine, you know? Um, and I think sometimes <laughs> we can gain a lot if we just leave, what we have, I mean, bring what you have, but if you want to learn, you know, bring what you have to help people, but leave it aside so that you can grow too. You know, you're, you're hundred percent right. And it doesn't matter. You know, the guys I was networking with are not, and I'm not, I, maybe I am an extrovert, but I am not like most of the guys I was learning from were the more introverted, more the, 
you know, quieter, technical, you know, kind of guys. And um, you're right. We all just need each other and we just need to approach each other. And, you know, you're absolutely right. Everybody can, can, can win in that. Yeah. Cause the guys, the guys, the guys you mentioned Grant, <clears throat> shout out to Grant and Bill, but they're, I, I would classify them as well as like introverted when you observe them. But then once you engage, then you're like, yeah. oh, wow, these guys yeah. Grant can talk. Absolutely. Um, and so <laughs> I like that. Yeah, absolutely. You you brought up an interesting point there because I've seen a commonality among uh, thriving multis and big companies where they they don't try to prove anything through the report, but they have relationships and they know how to talk to people and make people see things in perspective and in context. So like, can you speak a little more about, um, because it's a big epidemic in our industry where guys Mm -hmm. latch on thinking that the report is their business and like they are their report. And I always caution them because one home buyers rarely reference the report down the road. That's just a fact. Right. Um, Right. And so there's an element of covering your ass. I get that. But to say my report is my business and it's the only thing people take away from the inspection. I don't, buy into that school of thought. No, I, I, I would probably flip that to be about uh, maybe 20% to be on. Uh, maybe. I mean, I'll, 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 I would say your driveway presentation is about 50%. Mm-hmm. When you, when you meet the homeowner and when I meet the homeowner, shake their hand. And um, that's, that's to me is like, that's where I set the table for everything that's the platform by which everything I inspect is going to be brought to them. I have to get their trust. I have to have them know that their interest is my interest, that I am competent, that um, they have to understand the scope of how long I'm going to be there and what I'm going to be doing and that I'm there for them. And I'm not leaving until every question they have is answered. It's funny. You over, you over um, promise, you know, and I shouldn't say you overpromise. You commit to a high promise, and the buyer's demand on you just diminishes. Um, and you can promise that, hey, if I need to be here ten hours, that's what that's what it's going to be, and I might be there an hour and a half. You know, right? Um, and it's not that you just have to build a template to, you know, to, of confidence for them. In my opinion, just to let you do your job. And then when you bring about problems. And you're not going to hide it, even though you love this realtor and you would love to see them get this commission. But when you bring about a problem to a buyer, um, you can also unveil the positives in the home. I, I put together a spreadsheet for realtors, together like a cost average of the, all the major components, the roof, the HVAC, the plumbing, depends on the type of roof, you know, tile, metal, shingle, whatever. And what I did for the realtors is I put dollar values to every component. So at the end of the home inspection, what they can actually do is they can take the list of the defects that they observed and they can put a a negative dollar value to that. And then at the same time, they can look at the other things that I identified, a brand new air conditioner, a roof that was replaced because it's a post hurricane roof or something like that, or, you know, whatever, whatever, maybe it's got an alarm system. Maybe it's got a brand new, whatever just added value to the house. I put together a whole spreadsheet so they can show a potential dollar value and a potential dollar cost. So they can take my report and they can look at the two with their clients. I'm not promoting this per se, but I just giving it to agents to say, Hey, here's how you should communicate with your buyers. 
because they look at the report as a negative thing. But if they look at the dollar value that we just disclosed, then they can look at this detriment and it's not that as big of a detriment as it looked, looks as it stands on its own. Um, so yeah, I, I think we have to, to do a service to the buyers. We're inspecting the home. And I think there is value that we bring in just identifying the good along with the observations that we come across as well. Oh, that is so, that is so cool. So you, you give them a static sheet, all your agents, it's not, you don't do that every inspection and put in. You know, I bring, I, I bring it most of the time to all my, you know, when I'm doing the real estate presentations, I haven't invested in creating an app though. I've, I've wanted to because it's just that easy to punch these numbers in, punch it out. It's almost, you know, it's really easy. It's just, there's nothing, there's nothing monetarily for me to invest my time and stuff into it other than the marketing strategy. But it's, I bring it in a spreadsheet to in, in binders, um, which boy, I sound like a caveman right there, but, <laughs> but that's just what I do. And I bring it to my real estate meetings and I say, have you thought about this? Cause I, I see for the last 13 years, how, how silly deals are killed for stupid, yeah. stupid, stupid stuff. Yeah. Are you showing them through our reports, the value? Are you showing, are they seeing like our home inspection is not just a neg, a neg report. We should be able to identify these attributes so that they're seeing the dollar value versus the dollar detriment <clears throat> and see, okay, am I in the net positive or is this a total net negative? You know, and don't let the deals die when there's so much that this home offers because there's one thing that they just can't get over. They need to see numbers to get over their hurdles. And that's why I put that together. Oh, I love that. So two things here. One, you know, you, you can do that inspector reports. We do have a cost estimate feature where it shows just a little flag on the side of the defect that says this could, this could cost between two and $500 to remedy. So let's chat right. about that. Um, and, and two, how did you get over, how do you address the fear that seems to permeate our industry of, oh, I'm not given an estimate because I could get sued. Um, how do you right. disclaim that? And like, how do you view that? Right. Well, um, in Florida, um, it's not, it's not in our, it's, it's not in our um, legal factors to have to put the estimates. And I'll be honest with you on the actual home inspection report. I don't put them in. Smart. Um, I, I give this tool to the realtors um, and I use it as an estimate and I, you know, I kind of distance myself from it, but I'm saying here is a tool you can use. Um, so I'm on that one. I'm not the best one to answer that specific question because in the physical report, I don't put the cost estimate. Right. Got it. And I'm no lawyer, but I've spoken to a lot of them. And as long as something is appropriately disclaimed for what it is and the source of the data, like I, I tend to think you're going to be fine. And especially if you have good relationships. And so I think, I just think it's all in how it's presented. And I think sure. like legal experts would agree that you lower your risk based on how you present data and information. And so right. Um, right. Is, that, is that numbers you researched based on like your, just your experience talking to contractors or do you get them from a certain source? I, you know, we all have like the, you know, the few uh, contractors in every industry that kind of are, are go-to recommendations. And um, I just really pulled some guys that I trust and, you know, try to get their different numbers and um, just, you know, it's, you only need a few and then I can give a little larger dollar range to the lower and the upper, well, probably not the lower, but to the upper side of that. Um, and, uh, you know, try to get my dollars just on my own because, you know, things are going to vary 
in local markets for sure. Um, so I just took a pool just in my local market. I love that. Let's, um, <clears throat> when we do the website, let, don't let me forget to promote that, um, feature or marketing uh, for your site. Cause I think that's a huge value add. Um, yeah. And I don't think it gets more accurate than exactly how you're doing it. Cause I think like seasonal factors, supply and demand of local markets, like algorithms have a hard time probably knowing those real life factors. Right. Right. Yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, you get a, you get a post hurricane situation and everything changes down here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. So yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, let's shift gears and talk to me just about, I don't know how much you keep up with the overall real estate and, and economy, um, real estate market and economy. How do you, where do you see, um, kind of our market? Do you keep an eye on that kind of thing with interest rates and home sales volume or is it just, Hey, it's all no, I mean, I do. I mean, I, to be honest with you, I, I probably do it more through my hiring, my higher producers, you know, and just kind of picking their brains and try to get a pulse on what they're seeing and stuff. Um, yeah. I don't know, you know, I'm probably not as great on the nationwide scale. Um, and Southwest Florida is a little bit weird because we've got so many, um, so many seasonal people down here. So a lot of second homes, second, third homes down here. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of nice to see that right now interest rates are, they're, they're kind of choosing to stabilize things where they're at without, you know, trying to do anything drastic in the, in the near future. But, um, I feel like we're, I mean, to be honest with you, I just, I just feel like at least where we're at, I feel like it's just in a healthy place. Um, I don't feel like, um, you know, things are not, you know, the, the price wars aren't necessarily happening. I feel like we're at a place with the equilibrium that is sensical and it's not just, you know, there's times where you just, you look at things and you're just like, this is not make sense. And I just came from San Diego. And so, you know, I mean, for every economy, obviously those numbers don't make a lot of sense, but, um, but you know, it's, um, at least in Florida, I feel like we're in a healthy place. We're seeing homes on market a little bit longer right now. Um, Mm -hmm. but, um, we're not seeing drastic swings in prices. Um, I think, uh, you know, I, I feel comfortable with that. I feel good with where we're at. Yeah. And you lived through, you, you, you were in the home inspections through the last recession. So like, do, was. You, do you do anything? Like I know add on services, that's like yeah. kind of the traditional advice to weather a storm is to get more per inspection, right. of course. Right. Right. What, what would you do? Yeah. It's it, one thing I'll tell you too, is it, it's going to be a part of your, that success and that long-term plan and, you know, having tentacles of what happens when the economy goes down and stuff like that. And, you know, it's true when you're a multiple inspector firm, you can absorb more, you know, than you can when you're on your own, there's nothing to absorb your numbers just to shrink. But the bigger thing that I would say is, um, being thoughtful and, um, you know, we were very, 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 I'll, I'll say lucky, um, because I can't say it was pre-planned. It just kind of happened. But with a lot of the insurance inspections that we do here in Florida, um, I got in at ground level with that. And so we floated through the, um, recession very well. Um, but it was through 100% diversification. I'll tell you when we crashed for about a year, I probably did 20 home inspections. That's how bad it was. 
Right. And, and uh, all of my business was on the additional services. We recently, um, you know, got our uh, mold assessor's license. And, um, you know, my other inspector just got his. My other three are going to get theirs. Um, they have to be in the industry long enough to be able to, you know, get the license properly and stuff. But um, that's just such a recession-proof diversification where, you know, if, if a hurricane happens and we get slammed, well, I promise you, if we're not doing home inspections, we'll have a million mold assessments to do. Right. And if the economy goes haywire, guess what? Homes are empty and they're in foreclosure and guess what? Mold. So I think, you know, sometimes in every industry, there's restoration companies and the insurance companies are going to require more and more mandates for protocols to be done so that the money's not being frivolously spent on every job. Um, and so I think, um, you know, just being mindful of what's your, what's your um, audible if, you know, if you're, you know, to getting sacked, <laughs> if the industry goes to the, to the craps, you know, yeah. do you have an audible? Can, is there anything else you can do? And, and being mindful, not, don't worry about it. Definitely don't worry about it because you'll lose. Don't do anything out of fear. Don't not do anything out of fear, but have an audible, you know? Um, and there's a lot of, I feel like in our industry with all the different things, you know, with, um, you know, with sewer scopes and mold and radon. And um, there's just so much more that we do as home inspectors that, um, you know, just be aware and, you know, be diversified. Yeah. Diversify. That's the common theme. I'll also add on to that. When you look at big mega brands, they, there's a reason why they spend so much on branding, on kind of brand recognition. And on a smaller scale, I think that's what our industry um, you know, could do better at. And I, I multis do it well, and you probably do it without even realizing it of having a physical presence when you're talking to people really investing in those relationships. Because when things shrink, um, yeah. who has the biggest mind share dream protection or the one man shop that kind of comes around every once in a while. You don't know if he's still in business. Like I, it's just all these things combined. And so it's kind of like you have to be mindful of the holistic approach. You have to do everything a little bit well and outsource when you can, because when things shrink, like what brand are they going to think of? You know? Right. Right. And you know, the, I think the hardest thing for a home inspector is you're so busy doing what you're doing. You're like, well, what does that look like? How do I implement it? What do you know? And that's where I get stuck. That's why we get stuck so much is, you know, I want to implement everything at once and you can't, but again, having the clarity and the foresight to create a roadmap that daily takes you down that road. Um, that's the only way you're going to get there. You can have all the best intentions to, to becoming or getting, um, or going somewhere, but without the infrastructure intact and knowing how you're going to do it and recruiting the people alongside of you, you know, it all starts with clarity, having a clear mind. Um, and, um, and I need help with that. I need help because I don't, I, I, I know my problems, but I don't know how to get my solutions always. And that's where all of this network, you guys, uh, IEB, just the network of inspectors, Fabby, it's just, I, I, I would be lost without it. And you're one of the sharper leaders of a multi that I know. And so to hear you say that should be, uh, I mean, that's amazing. And I think I, every inspector. Yeah. I'm better at faking it than being it sometimes. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's the truth. I mean, it's like, you know, I think one of the other things I was hit with is, um, 
you know, and that I loved about IEB is they were just talking about, you know what the hardest thing is? It's not changing your business. It's changing you and mm. becoming a leader, like being a good leader. And I, you know, one of the things I, first thing I did after that class is there's a guy that I just love and I respect and he's respectable. You know, he, he does, he's probably the largest, no, he is the largest commercial um, realtor in Southwest Florida. He's kills it down here. And I would say about 50% of the stuff he does is he just emailed me this morning, asked me to be a part of this Salvation Army thing on this board. And, and he is, he, he has, I don't know how he does it, but he's got like the biggest heart and he, he, he bought a home. He raised money to buy a home for a foster family that fosters eight kids with disability. I look at people and I'm like, this is, he's always got his hand in all these pots. And yet he's probably one of the most successful people in Southwest Florida. And so I was calling him um, at, in San Diego. I said, dude, we just need to spend time together. I need to be around people like you um, <laughs> because I'm not that person. And I'm not that, I'm not a bad person. I'm not a bad leader, but I know I could be so much better. And I know that the, maybe the hardest part of my business is still ahead of me because I'm just at that threshold where I'm realizing, you know what? I need to be a better leader. I need my guys to see their vision within my company, not just me seeing a vision for my company, but they need to see it and they need, they want to be excited. They need to be excited about it. Not just me. It doesn't help if I, if I'm just leading myself and my business suffers. So a lot of it, to be honest with you, for a lot of people listening out there, it's like, we need to change. Like we need to grow and we need to find out how to grow because we can't grow on ourselves. We have to copycat it. You know, there's enough to copycat out there that we can really just, you know, we can, we can steal these ideas. We can. Spend time with people us, you know, it's staying around that high energy and high frequency people. Like it, it's, it's no, it's no secret. It's no surprise. Um, it just brings you up. And I think it encourage it makes us all get out of our comfort zone and start giving more. Um, I want to hit on this because it's, it's a, foundational principle of marketing in general, but you mm -hmm. said he did all of these things and he does all this great, um, whether it's, you know, philanthropic work or giving back yeah. Yeah. that comes back to you. But most people are too, um, I guess, absorbed in their own world to say, I'm going to give some value before I get some value. And I think a big, uh, mistake of a lot of new inspectors is, Hey, I'm a home inspector. Give me business as opposed to how can I help you as an agent? How can I make right. you? And that's, and that's, and that's honestly, that's where it's, I mean, you know, none of us have a perspective that's right. None of us have, in my opinion, or I should speak to myself. I don't have a perspective that's right. I just need to make sure my perspective is always getting better. And, um, and you're hundred percent right. It's like, it's such a lonely road to try to just be successful and to try to impress the crowds and try to, it's just, it's a lot of unneeded pressure when the keys to success are being held by people all around you. And really what you need to do is bring who you are, help other people improve your realtors, your employees, your family, your whatever it is, your community, and just trust. It's almost like branding, right? There's not a, there's not an immediate payout under your branding, but you're, when you do build a brand, it lasts a long time, you know, on its own. It just, it just lasts longer. And I just feel like we just have to become better leaders by being around 
good leaders and finding good leaders and emulating that and um, just growing. Yeah. It's hard. To, it's hard to spend money on branding because yeah. it's, it, there's no immediate payback on it. Well, and, and if you're, and if your vision, right, is I don't want to be an employee. So I just want to start my own business. And if you stay in that box, you don't ever have to brand because you just have to continually invent it to maintain it. But if you want to create something where your, your vision of success might look different three years or five years from now, or 15, 20, or if you're thinking your children might want to work in this industry down the road, um, then you're thinking about building not a speedboat, but some type of a vessel that's going to go a long distance and withstand a lot of waves. And, and you have to build something different than if you're just trying to get somewhere short real quick. Such good perspective. Such good perspective. I want to be mindful of your time here. How much do you have? How much more time do you have? I um, don't, I mean, it's whatever it's I'm, I'm flex, I left my time a little bit flexible here. So all the stuff I have today is pretty much in the office here. Love it. Love it. Um, big picture home inspection industry. Do you see any trends or where do you see our industry kind of going where you like in terms of the reports, the data, the relationships, are there any things you're seeing on the precipice? Um, you know, I, I would say, you know, I, I already spoke of that in the sense of what I see as far as the actual inspection companies and, and, you know, where you see a lot of single home inspectors coming out of careers. And now you have a lot of other people seeing this as um, a good vehicle for a business and bringing in more of the technology or a different side of it. You're kind of seeing a merging of the two, but as far as, um, you know, I'm definitely seeing more opportunity within the services we provide, it seems like every, um, you know, whether it be through, you know, like infrared services or sewer scoping or, um, you know, um, drones and different things like that. There's just, it seems like there's, seems like every four years or three years, you're seeing another, um, another new impacting niche into our industry. Mm-hmm. And I just need to be instead of writing them off because I'm not, I'm not quick to make the changes cause I'm always fearful. Like, well, if I do it, I want to really know what it is and I want to make sure I'm doing it right. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always thinking liability, um, you know, risk reward. But, um, I think continuing to always have one more step down the road as far as what are we working on now? What do we want to provide next? What can we, you know, I think that's kind of important because I think the industry is moving us as inspectors to be more versatile with additional services, which is great for our bottom line. You know, um, my big thing that I'm doing, and I feel like we have the the market where we can do this is my strategy because I'm not necessarily wanting just to bring on more guys, but I'm wanting to maximize what my guys are doing. I'm wanting to make sure that our um, offerings, I don't force people, I don't try to trick people into doing additional services, but um, but I want to see ultimately through us growing as professionals um, and us growing as far as our offerings, our bottom line, you know, average number per inspection to, to really increase and just allow my guys to spend a little bit more time at every job and make a good bit more money. So... Um, it definitely allows us to grow internally and not just externally trying to get more business. 
Absolutely. I think there's just, there's so many untapped avenues and ways to connect the dots that are, that are, we're seeing slivers of in the industry in terms of like porch with like home inspection leads, um, leads for contractors. And then on the insurance side, obviously they're sniffing around our industry. And so it's, mm -hmm. it's fascinating to see how it could play out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, before I forget too, there's a couple, you said something about your driveway speech and I had deja vu earlier cause it, it made me think of George Scott out of, uh, Fort Collins up here in Colorado, 15, 15 man company. Um, yeah. and he spoke specifically about his driveway speech. So remind me to connect you with him. I think you guys yeah. would really hit it off. So, yeah, no, that's great. It's true. It's, it's, uh, um, you know, when we talk about clarity and setting a vision for your business, um, you're doing a micro version of that on the driveway with the home inspection with your client. It's the first impression. I think like it's so hard for like, you know, that book blink or whatever, where people make a decision about what they think of you in the first second or two or whatever. Right. It's, like, it's similar. That's what I think of when I hear the driveway speech. It's like they make yeah. their decision right there. If they like you, if they think you're competent, if they're going to sue you, I don't know that right. maybe not that, but it does. it's, it's, you know, just the other thing too is, and I remember um, I'm a big fan of uh, Jim Schumacher, who was my instructor through a hit. Um, mm -hmm. In my opinion, the best instructor out there for our industry. And um, you know, he, he talked a lot too. It's like, you know, typically some, some friends will sue friends, but most friends won't sue friends. So <laughs> make your client, your friend. And um, I do that with realtors and I'm just like, well, why let's make sure when we leave every inspection that we have um, you know, there's so many reasons. I mean, for the, you know, um, just for the social media aspect of getting referrals and things like that, um, positive feedback, but just as a liability protection, if you're not, um, don't serve your clients, just love them, you know, just, just, you know, and some of them, I'm sorry, they don't want that. So then don't do that. Just, but, you know, be very forthright in, um, approaching each client, um, in a way in which, you know, your rapport with them is solid so that if something does come up, you know, that they, uh, that they know you did your job, your, your job. Yeah. I think it just takes being present and being in the moment and re reacting to what the client is. If he's an engineer or she's an engineer, they probably don't want the fluffy kind of friend type relationship. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. That might be the name of this podcast, but like you, you just dropped a gem there when you said being likable and friendly is a form of liability protection because no one's ever said that before, but it's so true. Like yeah. literally that, I think instead of worrying about uh, a character or a space in your report, like they, people should work on just being more likable. <laughs> right. Right. I find that there's, when I, when I meet people in the driveway, I kind of immediately have, you know, two classifications and not everybody fits in them perfectly, but for the most part, either somebody's emotional about the house and then I'm going to come across in a very caring way, you know, mm -hmm. where they know that I care. And then I have the, the engineer, the contractor, and that's where I'm going to do in that driveway presentation. I'm going to make sure they know that I know what I'm talking about. And I'm going to be a little bit more, this is how I'm doing it. And this is what I'm doing. And this is how, you know, this is where I'm going to be. And this is how long it's going to take. If you have any questions that I want to answer it now, and I'm going to be more kind of boom, 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 you know, um, where with the other one, I'm going to be like, so what are your concerns? You know what? So tell me what, you know, and I'll, and I'll do that. And then she knows I care. And she's, 
totally confident. She's not going to be on my heels as I go about my home inspection. She's not going to be worried about every little thing. She knows I'm, I care about her. And I think this, those are the two that I you quickly classify like in that blink and, um, and try to approach it differently, you know, but it's crucial. Amazing advice. Well said. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, what else haven't we hit on that you want to, that you want to chat about? Any, is there anything I, I kind of missed or didn't uh, address or bring up? What's, what's on your mind? Um, you know, I don't, you know, I don't think I have anything that's pressing on my mind, but I just think that, um, um, I just think everybody needs to know that there's no, there's no one, um, everybody is going to look for something different in their business. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, I, I get it. I feel like I've been in a lot of those different places. Um, and I, you know, nobody should feel discouraged per se, like with where they're at, but if there's areas, um, where you're feeling pressed in your business, um, I think the solution for us is just having greater clarity with, um, you know, with what our, with what our vision is with the things that, what are the things in our lives that we really value. I think, you know, one of the comments, I love golf. I'm um, thankful to live in Florida and I love golf. And, you know, one of the comments we always kick around in golf is aim small, miss small, you know, mm -hmm. you you aim real small. And if you miss, you miss small. Right. Yeah. And um, my fear is when we have these pains as business owners, as single entrepreneurs or, you know, multis or whatever you are, um, the biggest frustration is not knowing how to go to the next place or even where that next place is. And I wouldn't focus as much on the business as yourself and being able to identify what that is so we can get the tools that we need to help facilitate us to get there. Um, it's, it's almost like, you know, I think with raising kids, it's like you don't, you're not so worried about what you what you know is going on in your kids' lives as much as you're worried about what you don't know is going on in your kids' lives, right? <laughs> yeah. I think the same thing is true with our babies, with our business in the sense of, um, you know, as, as, as soon as we at least can identify, you know, the things that we value and how it looks like with our business and what those seasons will look like year two, year five, year 10. And well, what are the tools I need? If we can at least get a roadmap, we just feel so much better. Like I think anybody can attain a level of agony when they know that there's a limited time, but when it's indefinite, we die, you know, we just <laughs> give up and I give up home inspectors. Don't probably have that plan or see that road. And um, if I could encourage anybody, it's like, don't be me, don't be anybody else, but let's get together and let's just, let's network. Let's just talk. Let's work with each other to figure out how we can, you know, let's not clone anybody. Let's not, but let's figure out what works for us. But first of all, let's identify who we are and what's important and how are we going to do it? And how does our business help us do that? Because, you know, everybody says this, this is not new, you know, but you know, it's the thing that I've struggled with is, you know, who owns what, you know, do you own your business or do your business own you? You know, some of us have terrible spending habits and you like, you think you own everything. Well, all that crap you just bought owns you because you had no time <laughs> in your life, you know? And ultimately at the end of the day, you know, we think we're creating all this value by more and more and more, and there's no value of life. And our businesses have to give us value in life because if not, you're going to quit. 
And you'll get to that place multiple times. I think in the morphine of your business, like I did, unless you have a better plan than I had and you don't have to morph into it. You can strategically look at it, but you need people out there to help you do that. Cause it's, it, there's just not a class for that. You know, you don't learn that even in college. You learn, you don't learn that stuff. You learn it through the hard knocks, you know, through actually life through doing it, but you need people who have done it. And I need people who have done it to help me get through it and get to where I want to be. I love it. That's such, I mean, and hopefully this is part of what we're opening people's minds up to. Like you may get some emails after this of people wanting to say like, yeah, let's talk strategy. Let's talk specifics. Um, Mm-hmm. I think because that's how it has to start. You have, something has to turn on that light bulb to say, I should be thinking more strategically instead of the day to day. And I want, I want every one of our, I want all Spectorians to be thinking this way because then everyone thrives and everyone does great. Right. Well, you answered my last question, which is what advice you would give to, to anyone listening. I mean, you answered that already. And so where, where could people reach you or find you or what, what do you want me to link to in the description? Um, for people to get to your site or find you? Yeah, I would probably say just the, um, you know, if they email and um, Rachel will just forward me anything from the company. For, uh, so the dream protection at Comcast.net. Perfect. I'll link, uh, link to it in the description. Yeah. Yeah. So, and um, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be out of town a little bit next week and stuff. And so it's next week's going to be pretty busy, but um, yeah, just, uh, Keep it up. It's a great industry, guys. It really is. I mean, it's, um, I, I, there's, I'm not worth, and I'm well aware that I'm not worth what I earn. And, um, and it's just a, um, it's not the sexiest industry in the world, but it's a fantastic vehicle of a business to run. And it's a fantastic vehicle of a entrepreneur, even if you're just a single guy. I mean, it's, there's good money in it. And, there's not a lot of overhead and um, just it's uh, we're lucky. I think we're really fortunate to be in our industry and, you know, and I'm grateful that companies like Spectora and IEB and ISN and there's some real good stuff, you know, just help support us. But um, yeah. Absolutely. And it, it didn't, it, what I love is that you're, you're marrying kind of the life, work life balance with solid business practices and strategic approach so you can have it all. And I think that's the, that's the way to do it. And you've executed a good part of it already. Whereas um, some people get sold on the vision that it's easy, that you just, you just show up and then you make a hundred K and then right. you right. sunset. Uh, right. <clears throat> yeah. Not the case. Not at all. But, um, and uh, you know, I don't know. I, I definitely, like I said, 13 years in my growth has been from most of it has just been from trial and error. And like I said, um, I could have done way better if I would have just um, sought out better resources. But I'll be honest with you, there are just better resources now than even what was out there 13 years ago. There was, it wasn't, it wasn't good. You know, I think you're too hard on yourself because yeah, I don't, I don't know if some of these avenues existed back then. You kind of had to go school of hard knocks on it. Yeah, yeah, but there's definitely more opportunity out there, guys, for sure. Yep. I think you qualify to speak at SpectoraCon for sure. I think after this, after hearing this, you've got some wisdom to drop. So this was just one big fat interview, huh? Yep. All right. We might break this up into two episodes. We'll see um, when, I, when I edit it and process it. But Twight, I can't thank you enough. I, I absolutely enjoyed meeting you. The team was raving about you um, and just 
had a blast meeting you. So we, I really appreciate you making the time after the conference, especially, um, to catch up and chat. All right. Well, call me about, uh, getting together in Florida when you come down here. So looking forward to seeing you guys. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. We'll be in touch very soon. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate it, man. All right, buddy. Thank you. All right. Hey. Okay.